Welcome to another inspirational message from Chowdean Community Church, Gateshead. For more information about Chowdean, visit www.chowdean.org.uk. We hope you enjoy the podcast. Well, you got a glimpse of what we're talking about this morning. You're never too old. I was driving around Gateshead this week and I saw this particular sign. I was quite taken by the sign because this is what it said. Flats for sale, age 55 or over, warden included. I'm thinking, that's me next year. So I had this image of me next year pulling a red cord and a warden saying, Mr. Allport, are you okay? You haven't had a fall. That's what I thought of. Then I'm thinking, am I getting too old? Then I thought of the sermon for this morning. Listen, you're never too old. Here's some of the things that I do in my old age, what I've been doing over the last few months. Here's the first one. My son signed me up for this 5K Southwell Park run. And I'm thinking, hold on a minute. I'm 63 this year. And um, you expect me to do a 5K run in Southwell Park. So I thought, okay, I better go and do some training. So that's me training in Southwell Park. As you can see, I look a bit um, flabby. I look a bit short and stocky. Uh, But... That was one of the things I did. Let's have a look at the next slide. Most of you know that I work with young carers. I work with young kids who look after parents, look after brothers and sisters. And one of the things they asked me to do a few months ago was, can you go to Bladenburn, Brockwell Woods? Okay, right, what am I doing? Well, you're going to be working with young carers and we're going to be doing some survival techniques. And I'm thinking, okay, right. So when we went on the day, it was absolutely pouring down. The wind was blowing a gale. And we were due to get picked up at quarter past nine in Gateshead Interchange. We actually stood there for an hour until someone did turn up finally to take us to this place, Brockley Woods. When we get there, we're plodging through fields of mud, pools of water. The wind's still blowing a gale, and I'm thinking... I'm supposed to be doing this at my age. And the kids who I'm with, they're enjoying it. They're having fun. And I'd said to the two guys who were taking us on this survival course, what are we meant to be doing? So we're going to teach you some survival techniques when you're there. And I'm thinking, no thanks. Anyway, we had to get involved in searching for stuff that would keep us dry. And they said... You need to get out there and you've got to build your own tent out of the materials that are out there. And I'm thinking, really, on a day like this, can I not just go somewhere where it's warm and it's nice and peaceful and it's nice and quiet? No, no, this is what you have to do. We're teaching all these techniques. And you know how Bear Grylls takes people into various situations and they've got to survive for themselves? Well, I felt a bit like mixed grills, not Bear Grylls. Um, when I was there. But to be honest, 
we all got into it and we all shared in trying to solve some of the problems that we had to face when we were in there. So that was something else we did. Let's have a look at the next slide. Mr. Mulligan's Space Golf is in Newcastle. It's where the co-op used to be. And they had said to me, will you work with a group of kids? And this is what I want you to do. I want you to take them into Mr. Mulligan's and have the time of your life with them and enjoy playing 18-hole golf. And we went along, and I could see there was lots of other parents in there with their children, and they're looking at me and probably thinking, he's a bit old, doesn't he, to be with them? But he's with them anyway, and I'm having fun. The kids were having fun. You see, because I think regardless of your age, you can still have fun. You're never too old to do whatever. Let's have a look at the next slide. Now, I was given this task. They had said to me, have you ever been to the Jump Arena at the Metro Centre? No, never been. What is it? It's an indoor trampoline area where we want you to take a group of kids, but you have to get involved as well. I'm thinking, hold on a minute, I'm 63. You want me to go to the Jump Arena and start bouncing around here, there and everywhere? So I goes in with the kids, and sure enough, the lines of trampolines are six rows, and I'm bouncing from one to the next, to the next, to the next, to the next, and back and forwards like that all the time. I was shattered at the end of it, but it was fun. And I'm thinking, even at 63, I can still have fun. Let's have a look at the next slide. Also, one of the things I do is I go out on the coffee cart on a Friday night, and sometimes the weather isn't good, Sometimes the weather's just okay. But it's a work that I do because I enjoy meeting people. And I enjoy telling them about Christ and where they can find Christ when we're up on the coffee court. Let's have a look at the next slide. But these are some of the things that I've been doing. That, by the way, was the second time that I'd run the Saltwell Park run. The first time, what they do is they scan your card and they send you an email with your time. Now, the first time I did it, I'm thinking, that's not too bad for an old man. Um, so the next time I did it, which was this slide here that you're looking at, I'm thinking, I have to try and beat the time that I had the first time. Just to prove to my two sons that, yes, your dad's 63, but he can still do it. Maybe not as fast as you, but he can still do it. So... I did that, they scanned my time, and I knocked two minutes off the time that I did the first time. So I'm chuffed. So I want to tell the whole world that I beat my previous time. That's been best so far. So in this lesson this morning, I want us to learn about an 85-year-old man named Caleb, who made the leap from good to great. The title of the message this morning is this, How to Thrive at 85. Now, is anyone out there 85 or older? Can you put your hands up? 85 or older? Sean, you're never that age. 85 or older. See, someone said that old age is when you've got it all together. You just can't remember where it is. That's all. So let's read about Caleb, because Caleb had it all together and he knew where it was at. Joshua 14, verses 6 to 13, says this. 
Now the men of Judah approached Joshua at Gilgal. And Caleb, son of Jephunneh, the Kenesite, said to him, You know what the Lord said to Moses, the man of God at Kadesh Barnea, about you and me. I was 40 years old when Moses, the servant of the Lord, sent me from Kadesh Barnea to explore the land. And I brought him back a report according to my convictions. But my brothers who went up with me made the hearts of the people melt with fear. I, however, followed the Lord, my God, wholeheartedly. So on that day, Moses swore to me, the land on which your feet have walked will be your inheritance and that of your children forever. Because you have followed the Lord, my God, wholeheartedly. Now then, just as the Lord promised, he's kept me alive for 45 years since the time he said this to Moses, while Israel moved about in the desert. So here I am today, 85 years old, I'm as still as strong today as the day Moses sent me out. I'm just as vigorous to go out into battle as now as I was then. Now give me this hill country that the Lord promised me that day. You yourself heard then that the Anakites, the giants, were there, and the cities were large and fortified, but the Lord helping me will drive them out, just as he said. Then Joshua blessed Caleb, son of Jephunneh, and gave him Hebron as his inheritance. Now this story was Caleb's example of persistence. See, Caleb had been promised a piece of property 45 years earlier. Since that promise, he spent 45 years wandering in the wilderness with a bunch of dissatisfied, unfaithful, whining people. You ever met people like that? Oh, yeah, I meet them every day. Dissatisfied, unfaithful, whining people. Then, under Joshua's leadership, Caleb spent the five years fighting as a soldier against the Canaanite kingdoms. Even after 45 years, he still held on to God's promise. He said, I remember God's promise to me. Now give me this hill country. He never let go of that promise. That's what the Bible calls persistence. Persistence. When God gives you a promise, you should never, never release it. We should apply that to our lives today. When God gives you a promise, you should never release it. Because God has given you that promise. I wonder how you feel this morning about promises that you've given. Do you think God has given you any promises or no promises? I want to tell you, he's given you hundreds and thousands of promises right here in his word. According to the author, Herbert Lockyer, there are 7,000 457 of God's promises in the Bible. There's a book called All the Promises in the Bible. I recommend you go out and buy it and you'll read about all the promises. And they're all yours and mine to claim. But until you take hold of them, they don't do you any good whatsoever. An unclaimed promise of God is a bit like not claiming a winning raffle ticket. I'll tell you what's a lot sadder than not claiming a winning raffle ticket. It's having the precious promises of God and not taking hold of them. Not taking hold of them. But in order to claim God's promises, you have to read them. And then take hold of them. 
and then claim them for you. And then once you find a promise, never release it. Even if you have to wait 45 years for it to be fulfilled, God says, stay with me. Caleb teaches us to never give up on God or his promises. So one of my favorite stories was this one I read the other day. It's about a scrawny kid from London. He attended the local high school. He wanted to become a wrestler, but they didn't have a wrestling program. But he read a book on wrestling, and he asked one of the assistant football coaches at the school, could he teach him how to wrestle properly? And he took him on board that, yeah, I'll teach you. I'll show you the moves. I'll show you how to go on. And he became a great wrestler in the area that he lived in because the coach had agreed to help him. Now, the little kid that I'm talking about, who's neither strong or skillful, but he had one enduring quality that I wished we had as men and women of God. He refused to give up. He won every single wrestling match in the area that he lived in. So much so that he was skillful enough to wear his opponents down. Because he, he would hold on to his opponents until he had the battle over them won. So by the end of the season, he was undefeated in the area that he lived. Then he thought of this idea. He thought, I wonder if I could really make the grade in wrestling and put myself forward for the finals, the regional finals. And he knew we'd be coming up against better class wrestlers, better class people. He was coming up against a two-time champion in the final. He was just a prospect. He didn't really think he would make that grade, but he got there. And the scrawny kid went into the ring to face the champion. And as he was fighting him, the coach that he took him was looking at him and he's thinking, this isn't working out. He's going to get beat here. This, this other guy he's fighting is far superior. He's going to turn him upside down. The state champion made a couple of big moves and he soon had this kid pinned to the ground. The coach just felt in his heart that he was about to lose this fight. He couldn't bear to watch, so he turned his head away. Suddenly, the coach heard the roar of the crowd. And when he turned round, his kid was on top of the champion. He had him pinned to the ground. He'd won the match. The little guy pounced around the mat, jumping up and down. And he jumped off the, out of the ring, and he went to see the coach, and he hugged the coach. And he said, what about that coach? And the coach said, I didn't see anything. I didn't see anything. I turned away just before you were about to lose. Or I thought you were going to lose. Because that guy was good. He had you twisted on the mat. But you know what the coach said? I know you. You never quit. You always never refuse to give up. So he says, how did you manage that? He says, well, I opened my eyes. And there in front of me, I saw this big tour. I didn't even know if it was against the rules or not, but I bit into that big tour with all my strength. 
And the coach said, it's amazing where you get your strength from when you bite into your own toe. (laughs) So if you're ever tempted to give up on God and his promises, just remember that little guy. He never gave up. So take a grip on the promises of God and never release them because God honors persistence. God honors persistence. Here's the second thing that I believe Caleb had. Caleb had endurance. Both Joshua and Caleb were told, but God, but God reminded them that he wasn't through with them. Yes, he knew they were old, they were getting older, but he said, I'm not through with you yet. In Joshua 31, we read, when Joshua was old and well advanced in years, the Lord said to him, you are very old, and there are still very large areas of lands to be taken over. See, God needed a couple of octogenarians to seal the deal. I'm saying to you this morning, God needs you and me, no matter what age we are, to seal the deal. You'd expect him to say, after working all those years, you've done a good job. Take a rest for a while. I'll use some of these younger guys. But not God not only preserved the promise for the man... God preserved the man for the promise. God not only preserved the promise for the man, he preserved the man for the promise. Caleb was 85 years old before he ever moved into his home place. That's an age when most people are feeling like me. It's time to slow down and step aside. Are there any men and women today who are 85 years of age or older? Yes, you are. You're out there. I'm proud of you just for being here. God says, I'm proud of you. See, when you follow God wholeheartedly, you'll never retire from serving him. That's the personal application that you and I need to have as men and women of God. You'll never retire from serving him. Many of you are involved in jobs and careers that allow you to retire after a certain number of years. And some of you have already retired. Retirement from a career is a good idea. You've earned it. Now go out and spend your children's inheritance. Six times in the Old Testament we read these words describing Caleb. He wholeheartedly followed the Lord. In fact, Caleb's name literally means follows God like a dog. Know what a dog does? It obeys the person, the owner. And we have to do that with God. We have to follow him. A bit like Caleb, like a dog. God has called every Christian to serve him. And if you're following God with all your heart, you'll never retire from spiritual service. Serving the Lord is not a job. It's a life calling. The word vocation comes from vicari, which means to call. God has called all his children to serve him. You and me, every one of us have called upon the name of Christ. You may think, God can't use me because you're too old or you don't have any special training or abilities. One of the greatest servants of God in the 19th century was a shoe salesman from Chicago named D.L. Moody. He was never ordained. He never attended college or seminars. But one time, D.L. Moody heard a preacher, Henry Varley, speak these words. The world has yet to see what God can do in and with and through and for a man wholly committed to him. 
And at that moment, D.L. Moody said this, by the grace of God, I will be that man. D.L. Moody shook two continents for Christ, including England. He was so uneducated that he literally murdered the king's English. On one occasion in London, D.L. Moody was preaching to a crowd of very educated and sophisticated Englishmen. The next sentence reveals how poorly he spoke. This is what he said. Don't ever think that God don't love you, for he do. Don't think that ever that God don't love you, for he do. As bad as his grammar was, God used it to bring thousands of people to Christ. He had the one ability God always honors. Availability. Availability. God isn't through with you, whatever your age. There are plenty of jobs right around here for you to tackle and share the gospel. That's what it's all about, sharing the gospel. Remember, the Christian life, it's not a marathon. It's Sorry, it, it, it's a marathon, it's not a sprint. So keep on serving, keep on praying, keep on being available to God. Now that I've reached 63, I realize I'll never retire from serving God. One day in the distant future, there might be some guy coming who's got dark hair like I used to have, will absolutely never stop preaching the gospel. I won't. As long as I've got breath in my body. May God give you and me the kind of endurance that Caleb had at the age of 85. I want that experience that Caleb had. We want that as individuals. We want that as a church. No matter how old you are. Never give up. See, Caleb's example, I believe, was an example of courage. That's the third lesson we can learn from Caleb. He'd been a brave soldier at age 40. And we see how he was just as courageous when he was 85. He was still ready to go out into battle. Yes, it's a battlefield out there. But it's the one that because we have Christ in our lives, we can get through because we're on the victory side. Amen? Amen. Courage is not the absence of fear. Courage is the ability to face your fears and to keep on moving forward. Every soldier who stormed onto the beaches of Normandy on D-Day was terrified. They weren't fearless, but they were courageous. When you're afraid, courage keeps you moving forward. I found a good definition of courage recently. Courage is being the only one who knows how afraid you are. Courage is being the only one who knows how afraid you are. When you fight in God's strength, you'll never retreat from the enemy. You'll never retreat from the enemy. So the personal application for you and me is, when you fight in God's strength, you'll never retreat. Caleb was still ready to go charging into battle when he was 85 years old. When you follow the Lord with, with your whole heart, You'll never back up. You'll never shut up. You'll never give up until you're caught up in heaven. That's a fact. I'm going to ask the band if they'll come up. Just while we're coming to the end. Ephesians 6, verses 10 and 11 says this. Be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. We've got a mighty God. Why don't we just call on him when we need to? I'm encouraging you this morning to call on God when you feel weak, when you feel weary, when you feel out of sorts with life. Life can do that to you as individuals and me. 
And all we have to do is be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. In your own strength, we're helpless. We're helpless as a newborn kid. But when you depend on God's strength, you have all the power of the Lion of Judah. You must claim this promise. I can do everything through him who gives me strength. That's the secret. I can do everything through him who gives me strength. Get on board. Get on board. Why? Because you're never, never too old. Bless you. This is the end of this message. We hope you enjoyed it. If you want to find out more about our church, please visit www.chowdean.org.uk and please take a minute to rate our podcast on iTunes.